1: Hello, hello, hello. This episode is sponsored by italki, an ideal service to sponsor episodes of this podcast because it fits in really well with your lifestyle for learning English. You can listen to my episodes, pick up a few expressions, keep brushing up on your English, and then with your teacher or language partner on italki, you can activate everything, producing as much spoken English as you can to make sure that the input that you get from the podcast turns into genuine spoken output of English. And if you keep an organised record of the things that you've learned and revise a bit here and there while continuing to listen to the podcast and having your italki sessions, it's a recipe for success in English. Check out teacherluke.co.uk slash talk for more information about italki. And when you buy some talking time, they will send you a voucher worth a free lesson. So, teacherluke.co.uk slash talk, or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast, and this episode It's all about becoming a dad. Now, if you've heard the podcast recently, you'll know that my wife and I are expecting a child. And you might be thinking, expecting a child to do what, Luke? Well, expecting a child to be born. We're having a baby. Well, she's having a baby. As I have said before, I will mainly just be standing there hoping for the best. But my wife is having a baby, um... And expecting a child is just the phrase that we use for that when you're going to have a baby. So we're going to have a baby daughter in December. Thank you very much if you have sent me messages saying congratulations. That's very nice of you. I've had a few messages like that. So if you have got in touch with me to say congrats, then thank you very much. That's very uh, nice of you. Now, I don't plan to talk about children all the time on this podcast. Uh, having a child is a big deal. But I don't want to sound like a broken record by going about going on about it all the time. Although it's bound to come up. Uh, it's bound to come into the things I say because it will be a major part of my life, of course. But I thought that um, it would be worth talking about it in some depth in at least one or two episodes because it's something that a lot of people experience. And many of you will have had children or will go on to have children Uh, If not you, then your friends or family, or at least it's the sort of thing that people do talk about a lot. And since this is happening to me, I think talking about it could bring some authenticity to the episode. And that can make it a bit more interesting and therefore more engaging for you to listen to. Also, there's quite a lot of specific vocabulary that will come up that you can learn. So I did record a conversation with Amber nearly four years ago when she was pregnant with her son Hugo, and we talked about what it was like for her to be pregnant, and I did a follow-up episode with vocabulary of the subject too. You can find those two episodes in the archive episodes 161 and 162. Uh, That was quite a long time ago, so let's revisit the subject and see if any of the same language comes up again. This time, I thought I would talk to Andy Johnson and Ben Butler about their experiences of becoming parents to see if they can give me some general advice as I'm just about to become a dad for the first time. They've both had several children now, Um, so they're very experienced at that sort of thing. Um, and you know, they know all about the kinds of things I'll be going through in a matter of weeks now, because the birth is just a few weeks away. So I'm going to do a lot of listening in this episode and lots of learning, and you can join me too. Let's see how much we can learn from this. So watch out for some nice language relating to the whole subject of children, parenting, and so on this episode is in two parts. That's because I've decided to spend the second half of each episode explaining some of the vocabulary that comes up in the conversation. So what's going to happen is that I'll play you the first half of the conversation in a moment. You can just try to follow it. Now, I think it might be difficult for some of you. I think that there could be quite a lot of detail in this conversation that you won't catch honestly. There are three of us talking on Skype fairly quickly about quite a specific and detailed subject. So remember, if you don't understand all of it, then you should keep listening and hold on because I will be going through a lot of the language and clarifying it afterwards. And even after you've heard me clarify some stuff, you could go back and listen to the conversation again. You might be surprised at how much more you you understand the second time round. And that should help you to understand more and also turn this into more than just a conversation. It will become an English lesson and a chance to learn some natural English expressions. So don't worry if you don't understand all of it. I expect to catch a lot of that stuff in the second half. There's also a vocabulary list on the page for this episode and the next one too. Now, having children is wonderful and fantastic and all that, but it can also be quite scary. I mean, it's fairly serious business, especially the moment of the birth. I think we're going to get into some fairly personal details in this conversation, and there will will probably be a few descriptions of childbirth experiences which were quite emotional and even frightening at the time, so please just bear that in mind if this is a sensitive topic for you for any reason. Another thing I'm aware of is the fact that there are various cultural differences around childbirth. And so the things that you'll hear in this conversation might be different to how it is in your country. I'm quite curious to read your comments and to know if things are done at all differently where you are from. Anyway, let's now talk to Andy and Ben and see what they can tell me about becoming a dad. And by the way, the conversation... Was recorded on Skype. I was at home in Paris, and they were in a classroom at the London School of English, um, uh, which is just next door to where I used to live in my flat in London. Uh, I used to work at the London School of English. That's how I know Ben and Andy. Uh, we're former colleagues, and in fact, um, from that school, some of the classrooms. Uh, have a view of my old flat through the windows. So you can sit in some of those rooms and actually see my old flat. In fact, that is the first thing that's mentioned in this conversation as Andy and Ben are sitting in one of the rooms overlooking my apartment in London. Okay, so without any further ado, then let's jump into the conversation. And here we go. Hi, guys, how are you today? Very good, thanks. How are you, Luke? Very good, too, thanks. So, where are you, actually?
2: We are in Westcroft Square, where you used to work. In fact, if we look out the window, we can see your London flat.
1: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, There is some smoke, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Is there genuinely some... I'm not joking, there's genuinely some smoke coming out of the building, but I don't... Really? (laughs) <laughs> don't panic. It's don't okay.
1: Panic. <laughs> um, okay, it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure the just part of the building's on fire. It's probably fine. Yeah, Nothing. we're in classroom 1.3. I don't know if you can cast your mind
0: back to to that room. Classroom building.
1: Classroom 1.3 on the first floor. That's yeah, right. That's it's it.
0: one of the bigger classrooms.
1: I don't remember. I'll be honest. I don't, I, I remember the numbers. I don't know which one, 1. 1.3 is. It is it in the left hand corner?
2: Yeah. It's that's the, right. yeah it's the one that looks out onto your building
1: so okay it's on the ground oh, okay. floor the, the first one on the left i think so
2: uh, yeah more or less
1: yeah, yeah. okay oh yeah. good
0: times good times yeah good times I'm Sure, you had some great classes in there Luke. Oh, in here actually should i say
1: yeah yeah probably had some, had some bad ones as well probably, probably some yeah. bad ones too as well yeah we're going to talk about becoming a dad that's the idea isn't it
0: yeah yeah we heard your news many congratulations by the way
1: thanks very much Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it's exciting and slightly nerve wracking because, you know, it's it's a journey and tiring. You'll see. You'll see. (laughs) It's what people keep telling me things like this. You know, I'm getting sort of various different types of message. Like some people tell me when I tell them that I'm going to become a dad, you know, the different reactions that I get, some people sort of say, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, you're going to love it. You know, it's going to be brilliant. It's the best experience of your life, blah, blah, blah. Other people are like, Ooh, you know, and then they, they say other sort of slightly more negative things like, Oh, you're not going to sleep anymore or, you know, other things. So it's a mix. I'm going to try and find out from you what it's really like. All right.
0: Okay. That's the,
1: that's the idea. So can can we start just, could you start by just telling us, how many kids you've got now how qualified we are
2: <laughs> um, well Ben
0: I've got two boys actually one is four he's just started school mm-hmm. and the other one is going to be two in January so he's 21 months or something like that at the moment
1: four yep. two uh, in Jan. okay
2: and I've also got two boys um, one of them is going to be three uh, at the end of this month which is October as we're speaking now and the other one is four months old on Sunday. Yeah. Ah. So he's he's a little one. He was only born in June June this year. I see. Okay. So, Ben, you were first. Yeah. With your
1: four-year-olds, that four years <laughs> yeah. ago. And then, Andy, you came you, the year after you had I yours. equalized. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's one, one, one 1-1 so at that one point. One. And, and then Ben
2: took the lead again.
1: Ben took the lead again. Two yeah. years ago, and then more recently, you, you you drew level again with another one, Andy. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're okay.
2: both on a hat trick, though. But I think it's more likely the match has been abandoned now. <laughs> is
1: that <laughs> it? Then no more kids now. Full time. It's it full time after match
0: abandoned in inclement weather.
1: I think is um... <laughs> <laughs> So what? What's what's the reason? Like no more kids
2: then. So what? Why not? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think two two's are just a bit mad really. I think, you know, one is 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 difficult, it's a challenge. I mean it's fun with one, it's fun with two, it's it's fun with three, four, five, six, seven, I'm sure. But I think it's it's just um yeah, for us we haven't had that conversation yet, but we're still kind of still like emerging from the shell shock of having a second one and, uh, you know, all the, all the sleepless nights that go with that. But I think it's, I think we're probably going to just, uh, call it quits at two. And, uh, you know, we've been very lucky to get this far.
1: Okay. Yeah, I see. All right then. So, I mean, what, what should I be feeling at this moment then guys? My, my baby is due to arrive in about two months. So what should okay. I be feeling? Th- Feeling and thinking at this moment?
0: Um in terms of should I dunno. What maybe you should tell us what you are feeling at this moment yeah. and then we can sort of advise you if that's right or not. I don't
1: know. Well I mean, <laughs> I mean like I'm feeling a mixture of different things. So I'm feeling sort of um excited at the prospect of having my own child. I know that sounds weird, but you know, like of giving, of extending the family, and like having, yeah. having a child that my wife and I will have produced. Uh, it's just yeah. a w- it's weird. Uh, I think the it first is, it's thing weird. Yeah. it's really weird. That's the first yeah. thing. Like it's really hard to kind of get your head around it because it's just like you realize that yeah. you, you know you, every day you see I see my wife's belly growing as the baby mm-hmm. grows. And, you know, you feel the baby moving, and uh, you can feel it kicking, and sometimes you even see the belly moving, and yeah. things like this, and you think, this is so strange, there's like a thing growing inside my wife, and it's like an alien or something, but at the same time you realise that this is made of of, of our DNA, it's it's yeah. like a combination of the two of us. And yeah. And we don't know what she's going to be like. Uh, I mean, you know, the scans and everything tell us that she's healthy and that she's fine and stuff like that. But it's just so strange, like that this third person is going to arrive on the scene. And like, where where's she come from? You know, like it's genu- It's like a person. Like, where has it come from? It's really <laughs>
2: weird you know it it is and and you ask us you know how how what you should be feeling and i think it's it almost works the other way because i genuinely can't really remember what it was like before i had kids i can't remember what it was like going through what you're going through now all Mm. i remember about that period was thinking i don't know anything and it was little things like how am i going to change a nappy how am i going to do that and, you know, those kinds of things are really, really easy to do in hindsight. But at the time, that's that, that was the kind of thing that I was worried about and trying to understand more about the process of, um, you know, going... I think you focus just on the birth more than anything, you know, the hospital side yeah, of things. Yeah, I and agree. And there was quite a
0: lot of apprehension, I remember, around that, for me anyway. You know, just um, being worried about being there, getting there on time, mm. making sure it was all right. We had a nothing too serious, but a couple of minor issues in the mm. pregnancy, which sort of led us to be a bit more apprehensive than we we would normally have been, maybe. Mm. Um, and I remember this this sort of a sort of feeling of sort of wonder as well. And you said it was weird, but that sort of manifested itself in sort mm. of a feeling of wonder for me. Like, you know, what's this thing going to be like, and how is it going to turn out? Really, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess saying weird weird sounds a bit negative. I mean, it is is wonder. It
0: is weird, I agree, but...
1: It's both, it's both. When I say weird, I mean it's just like this thing that's hard to really understand. And yeah, I guess it is a sense of wonder, of like, thinking, how on earth has this even happened? I can understand why people say it's a miracle. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say it's a miracle. But it certainly seems sort of magical or something in in a way. Doesn't it? When you realise that this this person is just arriving out of out of nowhere, so that's odd. Um, but yeah, then then uh, so first of all that feeling of weirdness, and then secondly, yeah, there are fears and there are excitements. The fears are for me about things like you know the health side of things, like just yeah. hoping, mainly hoping that um, the baby will be healthy because mm. you never know, do you? And you, you don't know how the birth will go. So you, mm. I hope that yeah. the baby will be healthy. And also, of course, I hope that uh, my wife is going to be fine because, I mean, I'm I putting myself in her shoes, it's very hard to imagine what it's like, first of all, to be pregnant if you're a man. We can't really it's, imagine it. Can't imagine
0: it at all. You've got something in you. It's just... It's
1: something that's not you that's kind yeah. of growing. It's so weird. And, um, yeah. and, uh, and uh, also, it if i was her i would probably start to get a little scared sometimes about the Mm. birth i mean she seems to be handling it really well and she's kind of cool-headed and stuff but if 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 i was her i think that sometimes i would freak out a little bit and i'd be thinking oh god you know uh you know, like, you know, before any big thing happens, like if it's an exam or a job interview or some big moment, you start to get really nervous about it when you think about it. Mm. And so something like childbirth, which, you know, uh, is such a, a big deal physically,
0: mm.
1: you know, as well as all the, the, the kind of uh, the, the emotional f- attachments to it, but just the physical side of just giving birth it's so it's it's quite scary in, in a way. So it's a
2: big deal, yeah. It's, it, if, are you guys doing um, classes to prepare you?
1: Yeah, we've just started doing classes. To say you. Cool. Oh, that's interesting because it's in French. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an extra layer of of um, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, not trauma. That's too Confusion. strong. Confusion. Confusion, or yeah, an extra layer of, of nerves added to that, where we're sitting around. In a birthing class with a couple of other French couples, and the midwife is talking about all of it in French, and she 's doing diagrams, drawing diagrams and things, and she 's got like a a, a little baby um, doll you know that she 's using as yeah. demonstration and my french isn 't still not really good enough to be able to understand every single thing, and in that situation, you want to understand every single thing right. And Completely,
2: it's, yeah. it's having to translate things to you.
1: She translates afterwards. So yesterday we went yeah. to a, a birthing class, and uh, th- like the other couples didn't know that I was uh not French. You know, I mean, I, I i they she asked us to do introductions, and just by chance, I was the last person to introduce myself. And I think by that point, everyone just couldn't be bothered. You know, they weren't interested. It was like you know, each person introduced themselves, and it got to me, and I was like, "I'm Luke." Fine, what, what they said. <laughs> you know, basically, like, yeah. it's not important. I'm, the, I'm, I'm Luke and I'm the husband. Yeah, next. Yeah, and, and everyone so, had
0: switched off at that
1: point. Yeah, yeah. everyone had switched off, and it, you know, uh, all the women had introduced themselves. So I was just the last guy in the list, and I was the man. So it was like, well, we don't really care, you know. So yeah. no one, I didn't do a lot of speaking, so people didn't really notice. And then I sat there for an hour and a half, uh, just looking at the midwife and understanding, I don't know, 40% of what she was saying 45% of what she was saying and that other you know 55 to 60% that's quite important stuff so Mm. inside I was just kind of like you know I mean I'm very used to that situation where everyone's speaking French and I'm not understanding it all I'm very used to it now and what happens is that your head starts spinning and uh, the the first 25 minutes you can I can keep up but then after that then I just lose all perspective and i'm just spinning in space at that point so it got a bit like that so that was embarrassing but my wife is is very good and she kind of explains it all to me afterwards i'm I'm like a i'm like a child who needs things to be explained to you know yeah
2: Is, is um are you having a birthing plan do you have those in France? It's the idea that um, you have certain choices about what you want, you know, whether you want to have um, a cesarean section or whether you want to have a water birth or anything like that, what kind of pain medication you like. How uh, many drugs you, you want to consume I and mean, uh, yeah. use. <laughs> so in theory, you should kind of go with that and present it. At least in the UK, you go in and you say, this is my birthing plan, can you please try and follow it as much as you can? Um, it's quite. They try and give as much control as as you can, but the, the, I think the fact is that for most first time parents, you're just like whatever you say is the right thing to do. We will do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, in my experience, the plan goes out the window in five minutes anyway. To be honest, you make a plan, and yeah. something happens. You can't follow the plan, and you you just got to go with the flow. Really.
2: <laughs> when we uh, when we had our first. Um, we had, a, we had a bit of a complication in the, in the delivery room, which meant that the whole room filled with doctors and there's about 15 people in the room. And um, it got to the point where it was pretty much the next push and the baby was going to be born. And I was like, oh, just just before we start, everyone, um, it's really important that the first for, – for in our birthing plan, it's really important for us that the first voice – our, our our son or daughter hears is, is, is mum's voice. So can you all be really quiet? And my wife just went, oh, that doesn't matter anymore. Just get it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well... um in France, it's a little different, and I don't think that they have given us a portfolio in which we can write down our birthing plan, which we then give to the doctors. I think it's basically – I mean, we've, we've met the, the people at the hospital, and it's – you know, the, the options are basically, do you want a natural birth – uh and uh, or not and we don't want a natural birth we've just chosen not to have one and um and then beyond that it's kind of up to the to the way that they just do it in that particular hospital um i think so um, so w-
2: will it, will it be a c section
1: n- uh it's that's not planned no when you say
2: not a natural birth what do you
1: mean oh and I- when i say natural birth here that means uh, a birth where they don't give you a lot of medication they don't give oh, painkillers yeah, yeah. so it's, it's isn't, um, it's isn't the,
0: an epidural a standard in in france
1: yeah it is yeah so yeah. epidural which is the the sort of um uh, i guess it's the is it a, would you say it's a painkiller it's it doesn't, yeah. yeah yeah the one that
0: goes into your spine and it blocks yeah it's like a nerve blocker it goes directly into a spine basically yeah.
2: my, my wife had almost no pain relief for the first pregnancy but the second one she had an epidural and she said it was just a game changer it just made it so easy
1: why didn't she have pain relief for the first one
2: um a couple of reasons i mean it was a very long labor um but we um we conceived on valentine's day because we went through ivf so we know exactly when it happens it was quite a it was a kind, kind of a medical procedure yeah and we think that because of that by the time it got around to our delivery date, it was just really busy because <laughs> so many other people conceived at that time of the year. The most romantic. It must night be of the a year. popular
0: day to conceive. Actually. So yeah. it was
2: really, really busy, and so they came, they basically ran out of um, gas and air and, and pain relief, and so she she basically went through about eighteen hours of labour with no pain Whoa. relief, you, lot no- of pain, no pain relief. Hmm. Yeah. And then it was time to go, um, but the second one was um, much more it was she, uh, we were induced, and um, it was much more painful, so they give you chemicals to to bring the baby out. I guess that 's what we 're talking about when we talk about a natural birth and I, I know you, i don 't know if your wife is going to listen to this, but I don't know we 're giving you advice, but if if it's I think that my wife would certainly advocate having an epidural. It makes things so much easier.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've uh, spoken to lots of women who've had babies who, or just women in general, um, who talk about how they wanted, or at least want, to have a birth without an epidural because yeah. they, they believe that it's it's just healthier and better. For example, they don't like the idea of the baby being uh, sort of um, uh, under the influence of uh, of a uh, of a pain blocker. Um, mm. You know, when they're born, because they, they don't like the idea of their baby coming into the world in this kind of sort of uh, chemical-induced mm. state, mm. Yeah. Uh, this this sort of uh, numb state, right? Because it affects yeah, the – ch- yeah, does yeah. it not affect the child as well? It, I think it does, doesn't it? Or does it?
2: It didn't with us. I'm not, it sure, I I'm not yeah. sure it does. I think it depends when it's given and how it's given. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. but And I think that those are all good – Um, ways to look at it but I suppose my advice would be you know there's there's no there's no shame in having something like that because my wife certainly didn't intend to take an epidural um, for the second but the pain was just so bad that she she just couldn't cope and I've never seen her like that before because my wife is pretty hardcore she's hard as nails Um, and so for her to say I really need help I really need an epidural. I was like, "Wow, stuff! This is she, she's seriously in pain." Yeah. So I think that's what I mean. I mean, it's just like it, all I would say is, "Don't." There's no shame in in, in uh, accepting that you need help. Yeah. Well, she, my wife's
1: already said, "Yeah." you know i don't care just give me <laughs> she's <Design> like me.
2: <laughs> i want the epidural
1: there's no question about it i think for, for some people there's a preconception or there are preconceptions about the whole idea of childbirth i mean for mm. me the main thing is that i think that you know the 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 mother or the the, the would-be mother the the woman should be the one to choose how she wants it done and that it's yeah, very important that she is comfortable and that uh, you know that sh- you know that basically she should feel comfortable and that she should feel in control a bit i mean she, you know she can't really have total control over the situation but you know that it we should basically follow what she wants to do and if like for some women they would feel more comfortable doing it at home they don't want to be in the in the sort of a medical environment. Uh, in this sort of sanitised environment. They, they, some women just don't like that association. So if, that's, if, if that would make a woman sort of freak out, then... You know, I understand um, why she wouldn't want that. But uh, my wife is totally fine about doing it in hospital. She wants to do it in a hospital. She wants to have all the the medical people around. Um, And uh, she wants to have an epidural because uh, she says that she she doesn't have the pain tolerance. And I don't think she feels it as a question of pride that Mm. she needs to do it without. You know, she's got no qualms about that. And she's quite happy to just have the epidural and, and not have to... Have the, the the this what must be an intensely painful experience? Uh, I, I think.
2: I, I honestly, I feel that I don't think. Um, I wonder if as many people would go choose to go through it if they knew exactly how painful it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, they wouldn't. I they, think they wouldn't. I've got to but, have... then, <laughs> but then, got... having said that, both of both of our partners have gone through it again. I think you forget
1: yeah i've got a friend here who had a baby a few years ago and she before the birth she was saying yeah i'm gonna have a what they call a natural birth here which means a birth okay. without yeah. uh, an epidural mm. um she was like yeah i'm gonna have a natural birth. i'm gonna have a you know an epidural free birth because she believed in the concept of it and apparently for her she got to the point of labor and she was like give me an epidural you know yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. she changed her mind fairly quickly uh, when she realized what you know what it really felt like
0: um I think that's very common. I think a lot of women must go through that experience I think, but actually uh, it's, it's interesting because the natural birth here is um. A Natural delivery and a non natural birth would be a caesarean section, which oh, okay, is like it, where they cut it out of the female's body.
1: Yeah, so. that's right. There's an operation to cut open the the uterus and, and that's right, yeah, out in that way. Yeah, well, no, we, I guess you can choose to have that if you want. It depends on the hospital, I think. Here, mm-hmm. it does actually depend on the hospital. Some hospitals just don't give you the option, and others, like for example, private hospitals. Um, yeah. Would give you the option, but we're going to a public hospital, and I think it's just standard practice for them to to try and do it the normal way with an epidural, and if there are complications, then the um, the cesarean uh, can be done. But I think that that's not the that's not the plan, and we're not we're not going to go for that unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. There's so many things to say about this, and and really, I want to kind of get some experience from you. I want to kind of learn a few things from you. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what What should we do? Shall we talk about the, the, the pregnancies that y- you've experienced? Well, you were going to ask me how we discovered that uh, my wife was pregnant, weren't you? I think that was one of the questions. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. yeah, that's one of our questions.
1: Yeah, okay. All right. Well, we were sort of quite surprised, I think, to have conceived quite quickly because we were quite, I don't know, surprised, or we felt lucky. Um, mm, yeah. that it, it wasn't a long drawn out process. Because so for some people, you know, it takes quite a long time. And it can be, you know, it can be quite difficult when you're trying to have a baby, and it takes a long time. And you you, you don't like, you know, several friends of mine have have had to wait a long time before yeah. uh, getting pregnant. And I, mean, I thought, well, I'm uh, last uh let's see when we were trying i was 39 i was thinking i'm i'm not old i'm not you know i'm not that old but still i'm not as young as i used to be and i wondered if that would be a factor but literally mm. we started trying and uh and about 10 days later um my wife decided she would check using a pregnancy test she bought a few pregnancy tests and she checked and she 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 like showed me the test. And, and the way that this particular test worked was that if you're pregnant, there's a line, okay? So yeah. you kind of, yeah. I guess, the, the, it tests the urine. And if the woman is pregnant, there's a line. And the diagram on the back of the box shows the different possibilities. And, and basically, it's like, it could be a really clear line, it could be a vague line, and it could be a very vague line. Hmm. And any of those things means pregnant, and if mm. there's nothing at all, then it's not pregnant.
0: Yeah, right. And yeah. so
1: my wife showed me the test. She was like, What, what can you see a line on this thing? And I <laughs> was, was like a vague line. And I was like, I, yeah, I can I could, there's there's a vague line. It's not a clear and <laughs> she's like, But you know, I'm not sure it's not very clear. I was like, Yeah, it's vague. <laughs> it's a vague, it's a it's vague- box. It's, that's right, it's a vague <laughs> line. And, you know, and she wasn't convinced. And I was like, no, you're, you're pregnant. That's a vague line. You're definitely pregnant. And there was yeah. like a period where I was convinced she was pregnant and she wasn't. And I was like, no, that's it. You're pregnant. You know, yeah. take another test if you want. But there's no doubt you're definitely pregnant. And so she was sort of in denial or, or couldn't believe it or needed more verification. But I was already convinced. I was like, no, you're... You, we're going to have a baby you're pregnant and so she she went out and bought a couple of other tests and took them and they you know the, like different ones that used a different system they all showed the same thing she was pregnant and we were like what the you're pregnant already like we <laughs> yeah. t- I thought it was going to be a lot more complicated than that and yeah. so so you know so that was pretty it quick. It was quite similar for me with my first. It didn't take very long at
0: all. And actually, I was a bit disappointed because I was getting quite a lot of action. And, uh, <laughs> the door was suddenly closed on me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I should have said. I should have said, oh, I don't think you are. And, uh, you know, those pregnancy tests are pretty expensive. Let's just keep trying for another few weeks. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that happened pretty quickly. And then, you know, then, then we started on this crazy
2: train
0: yeah yeah
2: and there's no getting off so yeah, yeah. that's it now <laughs> but we we were the opposite because um we i, I mean I, i'm not going to talk about um my um health issues again on the podcast because i've done that at a great length <laughs> um in the past but we we never really thought we were going to be able to have kids and then we fell pregnant about in 2011 and it was that was a real shock a real surprise but we unfortunately we had a miscarriage but then we thought, well, okay, well, it can happen. So we started trying. We tried for three years and um, never fell pregnant again. And in the end, we went through IVF. And So, sorry, what is IVF? Because my
1: listeners might not know what IVF is.
2: IVF is it's basically assisted conception. So is it intravenous fertilization in, something vi- like in vitro, isn't it? In vitro, in vitro, in vitro
0: yes. fertility yeah. treatment, I yeah. think is the, the phrase. So
1: it's a, Thank it's a you. I it's a, should know. It's a form of assisted um, conception.
2: Essentially yeah. what they do is they take um the eggs out and inseminate them in a in a test tube, if you like, and then they go back in. So it's it's quite a quite a, a scientific approach to, to to conception, and it's got a quite a it's maybe a twenty five percent success rate. Mm-hmm. So we went through this whole process, and then um, so we'd been in the hospital, we'd had the um, eggs taken out, and we had something like seven healthy eggs, and then we, they had to they had to put my bit together with Natasha's bit, sorry, my wife's bit and, um, and then put it back into my wife. And then we had to wait for a few days to see whether it was successful. Talk about taking the fun out of it. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and we, I remember we had to, we had to take a test on, on a Sunday and we, we went over for, to see some friends for dinner on the Saturday night. And, um, we obviously didn't tell anybody that we were going through this. And so, our friends had like got champagne, so they were plying us with champagne and um, Natasha just kept passing pouring her glass into mine, and I got so drunk because she couldn't drink enough, but we were kind of hiding it from everybody and so the next morning, um, the, the day that we had to take the test, I had such a bad headache from all the champagne mm. at 5 a.m natasha wakes me up she goes "Right, right let's go and do a test let's go and do a test I was like oh really i feel awful <laughs> i remember being in our little bathroom and taking the test and just waiting for that line vague line or whatever line yeah. to appear i think it takes three minutes and it's yeah. the longest three minutes of your life when you've been trying for three years you mm. think waiting another three minutes isn't going to be that difficult but it just seemed to go on forever but yeah so fortunately for us you know that that's that was how we fell pregnant but then when we had our second i mean i don't even remember having sex that one it just just popped up you know <laughs> fell pregnant <laughs> I, you know, I'm wait
1: you don't remember having sex andy
2: maybe it wasn't yours I and, we, <laughs> and we i mean we must have done but you know it was like it just it, it was it, it was a complete surprise we you know it just it just happened naturally and and, and quite quickly so yeah so we've had we've had both ends of the spectrum we've had waiting a long time and then we've had one just happen immediately like that
1: yeah right okay cool did your wives have morning sickness did they get sick
2: Mine didn't really have sickness,
0: but for the first term, first sort of they divide pregnancies into terms. So it's like you've got three terms in a pregnancy, so it's sort of, I don't know, 12, 13
2: weeks, something like that. It's um, the first trimester, isn't it, where they get sick? She was just
0: narcoleptic. She was just coming home from work, lying on the sofa about 5.30, and she'd be fast asleep by 7.00. <laughs> Yeah. And sleep at night and wake up and go to work again. So for me, it was a little bit boring at that time because <laughs> sort of sitting there, on my own, like you know, I've got a pregnant wife, and you know, yeah. <laughs> so she, she was narcoleptic. She kept falling asleep. Just falling asleep constantly. Just she just needed to sleep a lot. Her body just like was obviously generating new cells or whatever, and. Mm. Uh, took it out of her yeah um,
2: Natasha was the same you know I don't I, I don't remember much morning sickness with either of them in fact she didn't have morning sickness with either of them but definitely a lot of tiredness and sleeping but then you know she's quite lazy anyway so she's still <laughs> it's, it's like that
0: anyway it's
2: a good excuse isn't it I, I can't
0: do the washing out I'm so tired yeah okay
2: right 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 um, I, don't think, I don't think we've ever watched a film like she's she's before kids after kids she can never watch a film she always falls asleep like i remember before we had kids she told me that she'd never seen star wars and i couldn't believe it so like so sat down you know had dinner we were you know put lights out put the film on and it started and i was excited and you know and you know the, the, the beginning of star wars where the the you've got the like the, the story so far on uh-huh. at the beginning those those words they came up and at the end i looked over to her, fast asleep she'd fallen asleep <laughs> before the film had even really started she fell asleep during the yellow storyline bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness but she's still never seen star wars okay yeah you need to change that it's too late now i wait i wait till the kids are older they're
0: right, a bit older it, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: my my wife's never seen star wars either which which you know you know people sort of go what you know like because you know i'm a fan of star wars and uh yeah. people kind of think how on earth did you end up getting married to her if she's never seen star wars it's like well you know i do I, though, even though i'm a fan i do realize there are some things which are more important than star wars she didn't
2: tell you until after you got married did she
1: <laughs> no she we she, we established that very early on <laughs> so I, on. I thought right well there's you know at least we've got stuff to do in this relationship yeah
0: right yeah it's, it's goals to work towards and yeah. exactly <laughs> and yeah. Star wars yeah, yeah and babies and yeah
1: exactly and, a- and and when when we've had children and we they've left home eventually then i'll be like right now I can try and get this woman to see Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) So you know, it just gives us something to do, I suppose. Uh, Okay. So you you mentioned trimesters there, Andy. You said that that women tend to, pregnant women get uh, morning sickness in the first trimester. So what are trimesters?
2: So it's um, cycles. As Ben said, it's like twelve to thirteen weeks. So the first trimester is from conception for the first thirteen weeks, and then after that the morning sickness tends to end they and they, subsides, they tend to feel a yeah. lot better don't they
0: They feel better that's the second trimester is where they can do stuff and function
2: yeah and then, um
0: and then what, it goes downhill in the third trimester which yeah. i think you're probably, in, probably now, in the third like, trimester yeah we're weeks. just
1: we're just sort of in in the third trimester now yeah yeah so almost yeah. So, so how many
2: weeks? How many weeks are you, or how many weeks is your wife?
1: Um, well, let's see. Uh, that's the that's the million dollar question, isn't it? That I should know the answer to. So wh- when's, when's the due date? The due date is the 21st of December, which kind of coincides with the release of the new Star Wars film, which is uh, <laughs> very significant, of so course.
0: Tickets, yeah. the, force, <laughs> the,
1: the Force is strong in my family. Um, so yeah, around the 21st of December. Is the due like date, 20, so we're 20. looking at we're looking at I guess just over two months, so about eight or nine weeks. But we've we've had different due dates, you know. Yeah. We've, we've been given uh-huh. several due dates, so like one of them being a week earlier than that, um, and also we were told that uh, it might even arrive earlier still. Um,
2: don't, the, the due dates don't really mean anything. I mean, I don't, were any of your kids born on their due date? No, no, neither on mine. I think. Um, my first was born two weeks early and the second was born three weeks early so you know it, it, it could be eight weeks it could be I mean, you're almost in the drop zone mate it could be I know, any time yeah really. i
1: know it's eight or nine weeks and yeah. you know that's while i'm recording this and i this episode probably won't go up for a few weeks so god knows by the time this has actually been published um the the, the sprog might have arrived <laughs>
2: this, might, this might be completely irrelevant
1: what yeah doing. yeah well well no it's all it, it, you know i'm i'm i uh appreciating the information now and my listeners can appreciate the information later on yeah right. I, I expect that many of my aud- i know for a fact that many of my audience members have had children themselves so yeah, i ask good. i ask my listeners also if they if they feel like it they could uh write their comments in the comments section as usual and just give their their thoughts on any bits of advice and things like that so uh all right well i said before like what should i be doing or what should i be thinking now um as the man in the relationship here um uh, what can i do now uh, in the third trimester
0: to be honest not a lot you've just got to be there for your wife really you've got to just support her feed her to help her put her clothes on yeah, whatever so actually, she yeah, can't
2: do you've got to do loads basically yeah. <laughs> you've got to do everything
0: she's going to gradually get more and more immobile as the time passes and feel more and more discomfort mm. and probably start moaning a bit about that mm. more and more and you just sort of have to be the the person is there to support Really, there's not a lot else you can do you're in a bit of a helpless situation in some ways But mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and I suppose think about Think about your social commitments as well and try and scale those back so that you're not going out too much or you've not got too many things for work, um, which will take you away from, um, from home, sort of in and around the, the due date. I think I was not allowed to to go abroad for work about 10 weeks before yeah, that's quite the baby was born, which was fine, you know, because I was looking at something. I almost was, was going to go to a conference the weekend before our due date and i'm so pleased that i didn't because that was the weekend well it was it, the baby was actually a week old by the time that conference came around so
1: yeah okay
2: so i've got to just but as ben says just be as supportive as you possibly can
1: okay all right so continue to be supportive yeah the only thing i'm i'm worried about and it's a kind of a, it's a bit of a joke really is is whether or not i'll actually be able to get to the cinema to see star wars, <laughs> star episode eight. wars. Yeah.
0: yeah um
1: so but obviously i'm joking about that and that's that will i will gladly miss that well not glad not one, gladly man. not gladly i will miss it of course if uh if it's necessary but
2: yeah. yeah it is a big one because once the baby's here you won't be able to go to the <laughs> cinema at all
1: yeah exactly yeah that's what i'm that's what i've been thinking like uh because okay so we'll come on to the the uh what happens after the baby's arrived in a moment so um can you tell me about the, the moment of childbirth? How did you know that your wife was going into labour? Can you, t- can you tell us? Okay, so that's the end of part one of the conversation. What I'm going to do now is go through some of the language that you just heard but may have missed. You can hear the rest of the conversation in part two, which should be available soon. Now, a lot of the language in this list, uh, I've got a list here of bits of language I've taken out of that conversation you just heard. A lot of the language in this list uh, is about childbirth and parenting. But not all of this language is about those things. There's also plenty of vocab that you can use to talk about things in general. For example, there are a few football analogies that Andy and Ben used at the beginning. So check out the page for this episode where you'll see a word list that I'm going through. You can take those phrases, put them in your word lists, your flashcard apps, and so on. Create your own word lists, By the way, it might be a good idea to create a word list of your own. It's so easy with the internet today. When you find new words online, let's say you're going through notes or a transcript of my podcast and you find some new phrases, you can copy and paste them into your own list, maybe on a spreadsheet or a Word document or a Google document or something. You could then add examples and definitions, pronunciation, even links to podcast episodes or anything, and also any details that will help you to remember the word, okay? Now, that's pretty easy to do. It's pretty easy to to do that. Just copy, paste, and Bob's your uncle. So, you could use also an online dictionary like the Oxford Dictionary Online to get examples and definitions. And then you can keep going back to your list, testing yourself, and making sure that you remember these phrases and that you don't just immediately forget them. So, just a tip there for how you can use word lists, notes, or scripts – on my website to help expand your active vocabulary with this podcast. So let's go through the vocab list for this episode. So we we're talking about being a becoming a dad and someone said it's exciting and slightly nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking is the phrase I'm looking at here. Nerve we well, you know nerves like to to be nervous, you know. If something makes you nervous or is very stressful, you can say it's nerve-racking. Racking, spelt W-R-A-C-K-I-N-G. W-R-A-C-K-I-N-G. Nerve-racking. Okay, it's like a, a very stressful experience could be described as nerve-racking. Nice phrase. Then a few football expressions. So uh, these football analogies came up in order to describe the sequence in which Andy and Ben had kids, as if it was a football match. You know, you have sequence where, in a football match where one team scores a goal, then another team equalises, then the other team scores another goal, and so on. So this kind of uh, uh, sequence. So um, I think Andy said, Ben, you went first with your baby. No, this is what I said. Ben, you went first with your baby, and then Andy, you came next. And Andy said, yeah, I equalised. So to equalise means when in a game of football, for example, if you score a goal and the scores become equal, for example, it was 1-1 or it was 1-1, for example, like at the beginning, it was 1-0 and then Andy equalised with his own baby and it became 1-1. And then Ben took the lead again. To take the lead in a game of football means you score another point and you become the the one who's in the lead. So Ben took the lead again and had another baby. And then more recently, you drew level again. I said that to Andy. To draw level is exactly the same as to equalise. So to equalise, meaning to score a point so that you're equal, or to draw level, meaning again, score a point so that you're equal. Uh, And then so they've both got two kids. And I think Ben said, we're both on a hat trick now. To be on a hat trick is when a football player has scored two goals in a game. And uh, he's he's ready to score another one in order to get a hat trick. So you can be on a hat trick. That's when you've got to and you're looking for a third one, maybe. So he said, we're both on a hat trick now, but it's more likely that the match has been abandoned. If you abandon a match, it might be, you know, that the match has to end because of probably bad weather. If it's like frozen or something, you could say the match had to be abandoned. So he said, we're both on a hat trick, but it's more likely that the match has been abandoned now, suggesting that they don't think there will be any more babies because they've basically given up on, on that idea. So they're not, you know, the, the whole match or the whole having babies has been abandoned now. It's full-time. Full-time meaning the end of the game, but also full-time in terms of uh, children. No more kids. Match abandoned. We're going to call it quits. We're going to call it quits at two. If you call it quits, it means you quit, basically. Um, A bit like just call it even. You know, in a competition or a game, you're gambling or something, and in the end, you decide to stop the gambling and say, let's call it quits, meaning we're just on equal terms um net, bit of baby vocab here i was saying that the scans tell us that she's healthy so when you when you when you're pregnant when your wife or girlfriend is pregnant she will have to go to the hospital regularly for scans and these are done um sort of with uh, what is it it's, it's like echograph software where they, they use actually sound waves to get a scan of the baby. And it's amazing when it happens because you actually get to see your baby inside the womb. Uh, And um, it's stunning, like the first sort of sights of the baby that you see. And that's usually quite nerve wracking because you're worried, you know, if there's a health problem or something like that. And the doctor measures the, the, the the limbs of the baby and kind of give you some information, and you're desperate for the doctor to tell you that the baby's okay, and and then he or she finally does say that the baby's fine. It's a big relief, and it's quite emotional to actually see, for example, the nose of your child or the hands or feet or something. It's really bizarre. Uh, so that's the scans, and I think I said, how am I going to change a nappy? So a nappy. That's what a baby wears, Uh, you know, a baby will wear a nappy around its waist, so that if it does a poo, or if it does a wee-wee, that uh, it doesn't just go everywhere, it gets caught and absorbed by the nappy. So that's a nappy, they're usually white, and you get like disposable nappies or washable nappies. Most people seem to use disposable nappies these days, which is a bit of a problem, because there's lots of waste associated. Um, In America, they call them diapers. That's right, diapers, but in the UK, nappies. Um... So, um, I don't know who said this, but it's, an, it's a nice expression. Those kinds of things are easy in hindsight. Um, in hindsight, that means when you're looking back, when you're looking back in time, that's in hindsight. And often, when you're looking back, things seem a bit different. They might seem easier. In hindsight, so it's a way of commenting on, you know, when people look at the look at the past and they make comments about it. And you can say, well, that's very easy to say in hindsight, meaning while looking back from the present. Um, there was a lot of apprehension around the birth. Apprehension means sort of anxiety or fear that something bad or unpleasant will happen. So, if, for example, there have been um, I don't know, suggestions in scans or something that there might be a problem with the birth, maybe because of the umbilical cord position or something, that that might cause you to have a lot of apprehension, like you're scared that something bad is going to happen. The midwife. um, So a midwife is uh, someone like a nurse who's qualified in helping you deliver the baby and also giving you advice um before the baby is born on various things like how contractions work and what you should do on the day of the birth and other you know sort of health concerns and ways of looking after the baby so that's the midwife also uh you get a midwife when the birth takes place and the midwife sort of helps uh in that process so the the midwife helps helps to deliver the baby and give advice on on baby matters um So different types of birth. So sometimes there are problems during birth and, um, the doctors or midwives or, you know, the people in the hospital have to make a decision and they might choose to do a cesarean section. A cesarean is actually where, uh, the, the mother is operated on and, uh, the child is removed from the, I guess, from the uterus, uh, Without actually passing through the birth canal. So instead, let's say the the mother is kind of uh, cut open and the child is removed that way. So often that is uh, necessary if there are issues during the birth. So um, I think also it may be possible in some places to choose to have a caesarean section. Um, I expect that's a little bit controversial in some places. Don't know. It's not really controversial here. In fact, it's it's often done in order to save the life of the mother and the child, in fact. So Caesarean section, uh, that's, that's the vocab there, or C-section, as it's sometimes called. Um, a natural birth. So what does a natural birth actually mean? A natural birth, well, in the UK, a natural birth means a birth in the conventional sense. So basically not a cesarean section. That's a natural birth where the baby goes through the the birth canal. But in France, we use it to mean a birth which involves no epidural, no pain reducing medication, which is, you know, injected directly into the spinal column. That's the epidural. So a natural birth in in France really means one without a lot of drugs involved, a lot of medication. Whereas in the UK, it means like just not a C-section. Um, so uh, so a C-section, cesarean section, right? An e- epidural, I've done that. It's a nerve blocker, which goes into the spine and prevents the, the, the mother from experiencing too much pain. Uh, for example, she had an epidural and she said it was a game changer. Um, a game changer is like a big significant change, something that completely changes things. So in this case, the epidural was a game changer. I'm not sure who this was, but she was suffering in a lot of pain. It was struggling to to give birth. And then she had the epidural and that totally changed everything. It was a game changer. Um, I'm not sure who it was who said this, maybe Ben or Andy, but someone said, we conceived on Valentine's Day. So to conceive or conception is the first part of the process. And this is when, I suppose, when the egg is inseminated by a sperm. And uh, so conceiving really means the act of um, having sex, which leads to, you know, the uh, the pregnancy. So the moment of conception or to conceive. So I think it's Andy and Natasha. They knew that they conceived on Valentine's Day because they had IVF, ivf is a form of treatment that helps you to become pregnant it's called in vitro fertilization so they had ivf so they knew exactly when they conceived um and, uh, I think Andy said with the second one, we were induced. If you're induced, if the woman is induced, it means that they basically in the hospital, they use chemicals to encourage the baby to start coming out. It's, it's a way of encouraging the, the, you know, dilation so that the baby can actually come out. That's to induce uh, a birth. Um, And um, someone said, my wife would certainly advocate having an epidural because it makes things so much easier. To advocate something, meaning sort of uh, defend it or suggest that people do it, uh, in this case to advocate having an epidural. What about you over there in your countries? Uh, Those of you who had children, did you have an epidural? Is it possible to have an epidural in the country where you live? Uh, Is that not allowed or is it available or not available and why? Why? I think, in Japan. I mean, I remember speaking to a Japanese friend of mine who had a baby in Japan, and she said that it's very difficult to get an epidural in Japan. And so childbirth can be very painful. Whereas in, you know, for example, France, having an epidural is, is really quite standard and, and normal. But what about where you're from? Do, do uh, you know, do hospitals give mothers uh, an epidural? What's the sort of process like there? And is it different to the one I'm describing for you? Um, Some people disagree with the idea of the epidural. They say that they don't want their child to be born in this kind of environment when the mother is also in a chemical-induced state. So that means when you're under the effects of chemicals and people suggest that it might make you kind of numb, like you're not really feeling things as they happen. And the birth of a child is such an important moment that you shouldn't really be numb. You should be really experiencing it and feeling it as it happens. Um, I think that Andy said that he said this. He said, my wife is pretty hardcore. She's hard as nails. If you're hard as nails, it means you're tough. You can take sort of physical pain. You're hardcore. You're hard as nails. And um, Andy said, she's got no particular issues with the idea of an epidural. She's not against it. So uh, she's got no problems with it. In fact, I said, she's got no qualms about that. She's happy just to have the epidural. To have qualms, Q-U-A-L-M-S. Did you know that word? If you have qualms with something, it means you've got issues with it. You don't really agree with it. You don't want to do it. And if you've got no qualms about it, it means that you're absolutely fine with it, completely open about it. You've got no hang-ups about it at all. And in this case, my wife doesn't wouldn't mind having an epidural. In fact, she plans to have one. She's got no qualms about that. Um, so there you go. Someone said, We tried for three years and never fell pregnant again. So, so first of all, we've got the verb to try. And just to ver- the, the verb "try" on its own can mean to try to have a baby. So you often hear people saying, "Yeah, we've been trying for three months," and that means we've been trying to have a baby, we've been trying to get pregnant. Um, and so the the one here was uh, what is it? Uh, we tried for three years and never fell pregnant again. So interestingly, we say f- to fall pregnant, to become pregnant, but also to fall pregnant. Isn't that interesting? Like you, like it's like a like an illness. You fall sick, don't you? But uh, also you can fall pregnant. Um, And then in the end, we went through IVF. So that's the in vitro fertilization uh, again. And someone said they take the eggs out and inseminate them in a test tube. So to inseminate means to, um, you know, it's the moment where the egg becomes fertilized. So uh, they take the eggs out and inseminate them in a test tube and they go back in. So this is the process of IVF, that the eggs are taken out, inseminated, and then put back in again. And apparently, I think Andy and, and uh, Andy and his wife were talking about uh, this, or Andy was talking about this experience, saying that they'd had IVF, and then they went out to join some friends, and the friends were drinking champagne, and they were plying us with champagne to ply someone with drink. P-L-Y. Yes, to ply someone with drink. And that means when you're kind of giving someone lots of drink, like probably making them a bit drunk, maybe to celebrate or what, for whatever reason, plying someone with champagne. Here you go, here's some champagne. Would you like a top-up? Here's a bit more champagne. Plying us with champagne. Another nice word here on Luke's English Podcast. <laughs> For some reason, I felt it necessary to give myself a little advertisement there. Another nice word on Luke's English podcast. As we fly through this vocab list, there's only a few things left here. So um, I asked them, did your wives have morning sickness? Do you know what morning sickness is? That's basically when a woman is pregnant, probably in the first trimester. She feels sick often in the morning. She might even throw up. It's It's really a real pain in the neck. It's horrible. Morning sickness. So I said, did your wives have morning sickness? And someone said it's the first trimester when they get sick. Trimesters. A pregnancy is divided into three trimesters. First three months, middle three months, last three months. First trimester, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. Okay, so in the first trimester, that's when they get sick. That's when they get the morning sickness. Second trimester, you get to see the baby bump. The bump appears, but the uh, the woman is still fairly mobile and it doesn't affect her very much. And then the third trimester is a bit trickier because that's when the, the bump gets much bigger and it starts to affect the, uh, the woman's sort of comfort levels and things like that. So first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, um, apparently who was it? Ben's wife. I think he, she was narcoleptic. If you're narcoleptic, it means that you can't stop sleeping. He's sleeping all the time. So she was always sleeping narcoleptic. He said her body was generating new cells and it took it out of her. T- t- if something takes it out of you, it means it takes the energy out of you, makes you tired. It really took it out of me. Uh, her body was generating new cells and it took it out of her. Um. So, let's see. What else have we got? Due date. You know that? Well, that's a typical one that you always have to know when you're talking to a pregnant person or, uh, you know, uh, someone who's married to a pregnant person or something. The due date. What's the due date? D-U-E, date. What's the due date? Or do you know when it's due? Just one of the typical questions you ask, meaning when's the baby going to arrive? When's the due date? And I said, "Oh, you know, mine's in sort of uh, in December." And Andy said, "Oh, you're almost in the drop zone." The drop zone, I, I imagine, would be something that um, the the air force would use. Imagine a bomber flying over uh, some kind of landscape, and then an area where they're going to bomb—that's the drop zone. That's where they drop the bombs. So. It's, it's quite funny, because in a similar way, I'm close to the drop zone, meaning the date where the sprog is going to drop. A sprog, by, by the way, is, a, is just like a slightly pejorative word for a child. It's a kind of jokey way of saying a child. So yeah, I'm almost in the drop zone, almost in the area when the baby's going to be born. Um, and I said, by the time this has been published, the sprog might even have arrived. There's the word sprog again, meaning child. And uh, I think uh, Andy said to me, think about your social commitments and try to scale them back. So if you scale something back, it basically means you remove it, you take it back uh, or you scale something down, meaning the size and extent of it gets taken back, meaning you, you you sort of cancel a lot of social engagements and things. OK, wow, that was a big epidural Shot of vocabulary right into your spinal column, right into the central nervous system. Uh, I wonder how much of that you're going to remember. All of it, of course. Don't forget to visit the page on this epi- uh, page on the website for this episode, where you'll find all of that language uh, provided for you, free of charge, so that you can use it, expand your vocabulary, and then just become an even greater person than you already are. And you're already pretty great, aren't you? Yes, you are. Thanks for listening thus far. Part two should be available very soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.